Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment. And welcome to Champions of Psychology, a show with the goal of openly talking about mental health and gaming, presented by Codename Entertainment and TakeThis.org. Every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time here on twitch.tv slash Games, or later on your favorite podcast service, Mitra Jordan and Rafael Bucamazzo, a.k.a. Dr. B, talk about mental health in these unprecedented times, as well as how gaming affects us. Precedented Grisos- now. Precedented, yes. It, it, is, it is the precedented time. The precedented the, mm-hmm. the, the pre- I'm not going to try and say that again. Uh, if you're <laughs> live in the chat, you can leave a question that I, Trevor Bettis, will ask them later in the show. And uh, our topic today is perfectionism, which that intro was not. <laughs> I, no, I, okay, I don't know about the two of you, but suddenly all the routine mistakes that we would make anyway, mm-hmm. I am now extremely self conscious about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really? I was thinking we should goof on purpose. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I, you on know what? purpose. No, really on purpose. Because I, I think that would make this easier. I would love to say that the tweet I put out earlier on the Idol Champions account that didn't tag any of us and it was on purpose and because it was not perfect, but I didn't. So, you know, that's just how it is. <laughs> but uh, before we get any more jokes in there, who are you fine folks for the people who may not know? I'm Mitra Jordan. I have a therapy practice in Victoria, BC. I'm a registered clinical counselor um, and I love games and I usually end up talking about them in my work one way or another. Um, And yeah, I'm definitely having trouble with making this intro perfect. Um, Yeah, I think that's good for now. You'll get to know me better as we go along today. I feel certain, I feel a hundred percent sure. And my colleague here is. (laughs) Oh, uncertain why I'm here sometimes. The, I'm Dr. Rafael Bocamazzo, better known as Dr. B for long Italian name reasons, and I am a clinical psychologist in Washington State, as well as the clinical director over at what was the very first mental health nonprofit to serve the game industry, TakeThis.org. Make sure to go check out the, some of the really cool resources we have, and I'm also an expert on the applied use of things like Dungeons and Dragons and clinical and learning settings. And I am a flawed human being who is going to mess up a lot today as we all are. And I think that's what we're talking about, isn't it? Definitely. Something Something. something like that. Something about trying to do things right all the time and then struggling with that and then being really upset at yourself. I mean, what's it called again? I believe perfectionism. 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 Which has a real... You know, it's got some rigidity happening there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got some platonic ideals. It's got some you strive and you strive and you Are never you busting out there. philosophy on us? <laughs> you know? I've been watching too much Good Place for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Good Place. Yes. We'll probably bring that up as well. Yes. 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 I feel like that's going to come into this conversation. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, so, I, I mean, perfection... 
Oh gosh, perfectionism. It is it is something that every one of us struggles with to varying degrees. But the idea that we can refuse to that we can refuse any mistakes is so troubling in our lives. Like the idea that it's all or nothing, that it's perfect or broken, that there can be no flaws. And really most of us do not have to live up to those kinds of standards. And oh my, apparently the code isn't perfect either. Well, no, I just realized you're, you're missing the first four letters there, Cassius. <laughs> <laughs> because the perfect code doesn't work, but not a perfect code does work. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's, that's so great. No. I mean, well played, the Cassius. Well played. process is going on here. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's, you know, we were, we, as we were talking about this before the show, I was reminded of the, I, w- I was reminded of something. I used to do a lot of live theater and people used to ask me, uh, do you ever get nervous doing live theater? And I was like, oh yeah, of course you get a little nervous. And they asked what if something goes wrong? And I was like, me, and I always replied, what do you mean, what if? What if? Always. Yeah, yeah. Also did live theater, totally agree. That's the, <laughs> that's absolutely the case. Something's going to go wrong. Yeah. Oh, How God, I get nervous it? when it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You're waiting yeah. for that shoe to drop, as it were. Yeah. So, but why, I, I, you know, this is, this is something I know Mitra has a lot to say on. Why, why, why are we talking about this? perfectionism, Mitra? Because of the ways in which it can interfere with our forward momentum in life and our happiness and our health. It's a real hurdle for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Somebody put in the chat earlier that uh, uh, perfectionism uh, is the enemy of progress. I don't don't remember who said that, but yeah, that that Hmm. is a a great way to say it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I think about even streaming, like, uh, gosh, how many things go wrong in a given, like any streamers in the chat are just going to be la- uh, probably laughing, laughing at me, just the idea of the perfect stream. Yeah. I remember the uh, first time I streamed for Take This and I was, I, I was, te- I was troubleshooting live for half an hour while the audience was just enjoying it and I'm sweating bullets. Yeah, no, the the, um, the first time I did a stream on CNE, and um, I was already nervous as heck because I was on a show with B. Dave Walters and Aaron M. Evans, and I had only met them like two other times before then, and I wanted to do a good job. And then I hit go live and it said, your streaming credentials aren't uh, aren't approved. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't sign into the CNE account. So I started panicking, and I had to you know panic email Dylan and get everything signed in and everything, and get all that done. And yeah, my very first stream was a disaster. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, the, and that was actually kind of the best because then I was like, oh, I'm not worried. As long as the stream goes live, that's my bear. That's my bar right now. <laughs> yeah, we had sound issues at one point. Yeah. I wasn't super good at managing sound as well. And I remember really struggling with that. And yeah, any learning curve. And I think this is the point. Anytime you're learning something new, why is there hair on my face? See what I'm saying? Um, anytime <laughs> you're ask, learning something. I ask that question every day. <laughs> <laughs> 
you 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 will struggle with getting it right. And so if you allow that struggle to really interfere uh, with your thought process while you're trying to learn, it'll derail it completely. Mm-hmm. You, you cannot learn and get that playfulness, which is so important to learning. Experiment, try things, take risks. All the things that learning involves, you can't do any of that if you're focused on getting things perfect. But why do we do it though? I mean, if, listen, we're, we're, all of us are here saying, well, perfection's not everything. We can't get focused on perfection. Then why do we do it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a lot of different reasons. Um, often it has to do with my own what perfection. We think is called for. Yes, that too. Your hair is amazing, by the way. Thank you. Um, what we think is necessary to do a good job. And, and for, we do need a rubric, okay? A rubric is sort of, you know, the brief on what you're supposed to be accomplishing, right? And so we kind of need a sense of that, um, but we also need space to kind of play with that and decide which parts are really important to us, which parts are really relevant to what we're doing today. And, and what happens, I think, is we look at these kinds of ideals and social media is not helpful because people often are able to present themselves exactly how they would like it's it's a curated image right a stream is different but a video is is usually not live and so the bits that don't work and you know i love that people put in bloopers at the end and stuff you know those are curated too of course in the sense that we choose which bloopers but the point is what we often see is you know various examples of stuff that's really polished that's quite perfect we're not thinking about are there filters on that image or how many different yeah. angles was this shot at in order to get that perfect take yep. you know uh, we're not a big budget studio for example we're not necessarily all of us published authors who've had editors take fine tooth combs to our work but the point is When we judge ourselves, we're often judging ourselves to these standards that aren't attainable or that are attainable with a whole team of people um, or that we don't have the resources to accomplish that. So. Well, I think about, so um, one of of the offices I I used to work at, oh, I'm sorry. Trevor can't hear you. Trevor can't hear me. No, 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 no. I, I, I can't. I Sorry, there was some, there was Trevor. something else going on, and I was taking care of it aside. Sorry. Oh, about that. <laughs> um, one of the so I used to have an office, uh, physical office, dealing with a lot of very high achieving clients, and <clears throat> there were a lot of reasons that some of them struggled with um, <clears throat> varying degrees of perfectionism. And I asked that question earlier, and I saw every, I saw people just just be chiming in with various hypotheses in the chat and love that enthusiasm. The truth is there's lots of different reasons that people struggle with perfection, uh, perfectionism. Mm-hmm. There's so many different reasons. Some of them may be cultural. They come mm-hmm. from a high achieving background, a high achieving family, um, um, a cultural background that really emphasizes career attainment, academic, uh, academic achievement and so forth. For some people, it's anxiety. It can be anxiety based. Um, mm-hmm. I know that with the for folks with PTSD, uh, that there is as much as a, like a one in five overlap with obsessive compulsive symptoms because, like my father, who is in many respects the PTSD poster child, um, for him, 
to be able to control the environment means he's controlling danger because right. unpredictability is dangerous. And for a lot of other people, it may be a personal image thing that if they can't get it right, they as a person are bad or wrong. So there are like so many other things. There are a lot of possible underlying motivators for outward behavior. Because remember, outward behavior is just what we see. Mm -hmm. We don't get to see all the iceberg that's underneath in each person's yeah. mind. So, you know, it sounds like there's two things here. Um, what am I attaching perfectionism to? And are there places that my perfectionism originates in my life that need to be looked at? Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I think that um, if I look at my history as a student, thank you, ADHD and various <laughs> family upheavals, um, it's pretty checkered. And there were some things I did really well. And then a lot of things I really struggled with. And I put a lot of pressure on myself with those things that I did well. It felt like they were all I had, you know what I mean? And so there was a lot sort of hinging on, at least I can do this, right? Um, and so, of course, that made it pretty tough at times. And you know, every time I wrote a paper, it was like it had to be a magnum opus. I mean, there was a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. So, and and also as I started doing better at things, and certainly, you know, with um, with post secondary stuff, there was even more pressure because it was like, oh, maybe people, maybe I could do this, you know. But there wasn't a lot of evidence in my history that I could lean on and say, oh yeah you did this other thing really well and you really aced that exam. And remember this time when, so there's, there was a narrative around, I have to really prove myself. And I think that's, that's strongly uh, connected with perfectionism for a lot of people. Well, and the, and, you know, one of the things that I, I think a lot of people hear whenever mental health professionals talk about perfectionism is the idea that, you know, make all the mistakes. Mistakes are no big deal. There are times and places where you need to be a high achiever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's, for most people, that's not all the time. I mean, we're in the middle of the Winter Olympics right now. And I was, I, 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 I actually saw a really fascinating uh, article on Quora about uh, like, why don't military snipers go and become competitive shooters? Because they're very, they're different skill sets. Yeah. They're, they, they use similar instruments, but in different ways and different capacities. And um, they, there was this breakdown of like the qualification standards on competitive shooting in the Olympics and it's millimeters yeah. of a difference. Mm -hmm. And most of us are not operating at that high of a standard. And even if we are, we're only operating at that high of a standard within a narrow context. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's something that, you know, that I think a lot of us forget sometimes when we are, when, when we are applying perfectionism rigidly to us across our entire lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we also forget that for people who are operating at that high level, right? Take, for instance, a surgeon or an air traffic controller you're not doing those things alone. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's a yes. team, there's many eyes on the process. There's other people who can take over should something go wrong. There's support around you. And I think that is absolutely crucial for those mm -hmm. times in our, right, where, in our life where we do feel like, no, this has to go right. 
the, then the, bring in your resources. Do not a, go into the dungeon alone. Yes, that yes. Yeah, uh, there there was a there's a comment that I was going to say for later, but this is a perfect time to bring it up. This mm -hmm. is from uh, Midnick. MDD Nick. I'm just gonna go with that. Uh, there is definitely a time for perfection, building buildings, launching rockets, performing surgeries, and but and as you're saying those, like a lot of those, the, all of those things is done with a team, and it's also not a constant thing. Like that yeah. surgeon, that surgeon that is double checking uh, those things and going over that and making sure that surgery is perfect, doesn't go home and then everything else at their house is absolute perfection and everything like that. Like the, there's a time for yeah. it. And we're exactly. mainly talking about like the mindset that everything has to be perfect. Everything we do has got to be perfect. Well, I, can I, can I, th this is a good example because, you know, with, with things like rocket science, there's mm -hmm. a team around you. There's also checklists, there's redundancies built in. Yeah. Um, I, I believe the same thing with surgery, that there's redundancies built in, there's checklists. Um, I know I used to work in a pharmacy and um, as people were getting their prescriptions filled, there were multiple, there were multiple points of check, there were multiple checkpoints to make sure it's the right prescription. Mm -hmm. And so subsequently, very rarely was a mistake ever made. And yeah. I can't think of a single time where that mistake wasn't caught quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah because of those because it is a high stakes environment yeah. that um and so yeah those the idea that you have to be perfect at all times in all things is really not sustainable mm -mm. not at no. all and what you're also speaking to is a system holding the space for doing things right Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's not up to the individual. It's not a question of willpower and discipline. It's not a question, you know, of of having to sort of cope on your own. If you set up a system or are part of a system where there are checks and balances, yeah, there'll probably be fewer mistakes. Yeah. And depending on what the significance of those errors, there'll be even fewer. Mm -hmm. um, and there'll be supports. So mm -hmm. it really, whenever we try to do something where we, we know that there's a risk we're going to get caught up in some ideas around perfectionism, mm -hmm. it's good to have allies. Even if it is something you're doing alone, having allies to help you accomplish it. For instance, this, this morning, a really close friend messaged me, and she's one of the most, um, the most uh, organized people I know. And she messaged to say... Um, She's trying to finish off an application and she just needs a little handholding, which is wonderful yeah. because I also have to do that application and I haven't started. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> so we're able to set up a day where we have a lot of time that we can spend together and we can mm -hmm. get on with things. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm just hitching myself to the right wagon and I'm also... <laughs> helping another so we got that momentum but that's where you know teaming up and getting support around things versus some idea of having to do it by yourself otherwise i don't know it's not you don't own it or you yeah. didn't really work at it you know these are some of the negative messages that really corrode um our our own sense of um capacity success performance you know mm -hmm. You know, I, one of the things, and you bring up a really, you bring up something really good, Mitra is, and we talked about this I, it, off and on in previous episodes, mm. is how often those of us who, who have neurodivergent 
diagnoses, ADHD, learning disabilities, autism, um, we are corrected at higher rates than other people mm -hmm. in our upbringing because we're, we're held to these neurotypical standards and we're told you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong. And over time, a lot of us end up internalizing this idea of never making a mistake. And anecdotally, I know myself and a lot of other autistic friends, we talk about this amongst each other. The idea that we're constantly scanning our own behavior for any mistake whatsoever, because any mistake means we're going to get corrected and mm -hmm. we're not doing things right. And we're not, we're not belonging. And there's so much meaning behind each little mistake that it becomes magnified in our minds. Mm -hmm. And for mm -hmm. a lot of folks who struggle with perfectionism, that meaning behind it becomes so important. Yeah. What is the purpose of the mistake? Yeah. Well, in my case, it means I'm not fitting in. I don't belong. I'm going to be rejected as a person. And that meaning is so hard to fight. Definitely. Yeah, I, I felt for me, it was, um, you're not good enough. You can't keep up. And definitely that sense of belonging absolutely gets hooked in those situations. Because for sure, then you're, um, you're different than other people. Yeah. Yeah. God, yeah. And it just, and over time, I think the statistic that we cited last week was uh, something to the effect of, you know, kids in school with ADHD are corrected on average 12 more times a day than kids without ADHD, mm -hmm. which over the school career adds up to thousands and mm -hmm. thousands of additional corrections. And a lot of us have internalized this idea that we are wrong. Not that we make mistakes, but we are wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And that's a big difference between I made a mistake in this situation versus I am a mistake. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the things I wish I had known at that time was how to organize a system around myself so that some of these hurdles which get in the way with learning disabilities or even if you have like a lot of family struggles, you know, um, and it's tough to say do homework at home or learn in that environment, what, you know, there are systems you know, there is additional help, there are teachers, there's maybe quiet places to learn, maybe you could go to your aunts and study there or something. Um, I wish I had known some of that, because, um, because it really was chaotic. And I remember, there were times where I certainly did achieve quite well, and I'd get, you know, I'd get an A or I'd do well at something. And then immediately, there would be a, okay, keep it up. Like, I remember coming home and telling a family member, I got an A in, in this, and, and the response was, great. Now, don't rest on your laurels. Yep. You know? And it's like... There's a reason I became a C student. Because <laughs> you don't even always know how you achieved the thing. Mm -hmm. It's like the stars aligned, and you could do it this time. Yep. Right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Or it was really hard work, you know? And you're like, oh, God. Is that what it's going to take? Yeah. Um, I, I did want to uh, give us some time uh, to talk about, like, we, we've been touching on them here, but we did have in our notes the process, the processes, yeah, process processes, processes. There we go. Uh, Perfection, Trevor. Uh, Perfection. Yeah, how dare I? You're right. I'm leaving the show. 
If I wouldn't mess up the overlay, I just click off my camera. I um, got my laurels. Uh, there Keep we going. go. That's the laurels oh, hat. God. Okay, hold on. <laughs> oh no no no. The the the, the Tierra laurels. Yes. Um. So, I there, there's there's one on here that I definitely want to hit because I know it's the one that I do. But what? Where do you want to start with the processes processes of this? Oh, in terms of various reasons that we that we get into these perfectionistic cycles. Um, well, again, I, I think meaning is meaning is a, a foundational concept here. Like I, there was someone who, with whom I was in a long-term romantic relationship who it, it, it was a challenge between the two of us because of my undiagnosed autism at the time, I often will do things a little sideways and I will come up with ideas and solutions that are, a little unexpected. Now they're not necessarily good or bad, they're just unexpected. And for her, getting everything right was a safety issue. Mm -hmm. Getting everything as expected. And she held on to these very rigid ideas of what the world should be. And if the mm -hmm. world deviated from that, it was an unsafe situation for her. And the anxiety was just enormous mm -hmm. and so here you have someone who cannot really deviate from what's expected and someone who neurologically deviates from what's expected a lot of the time mm -hmm. it was not a great combination mm -hmm. and um obviously we're not together anymore and that's a big reason why <laughs> um but the the pro the the idea of letting go of those expectations, I remember talking to her about it on multiple occasions. And the idea of letting go of those rigid expectations were it was so threatening. Yeah. It would though it made the world became so unsafe and mm -hmm. so chaotic. But it was I, I felt I I really felt for her because there were so many things I know she couldn't enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give you an example, I mean, a seemingly silly example, like I love music. I love musicians. I love all, all, you know, so many aspects of performing arts. And I, I, I'm, I'm a huge Aretha Franklin fan, like huge, mm -hmm. huge. And I remember playing for her, my favorite Aretha Franklin album, this girl's in love with you. And she was pointing out the flaws in freaking Aretha Franklin whoa and be like okay voice i'm like oh. i i'm sorry <sighs> what you you're saying aretha franklin is okay <laughs> and i i don't care if you're not a big aretha franklin fan maybe you don't yeah. like her music or whatever but i think that there's a difference between I don't dig her sound, but I respect her and she's okay. I'm like, no, that is Aretha freaking Franklin. Yeah. Ma'am. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think that that level, that kind of nitpicking can cause so much anxiety in those who have to experience it from others. Oh, she Because was miserable. it means you can't relax around people like that. And I so, could not. Yeah, exactly. And so if you're, if, I want to speak to those of you on the stream who have had difficult experiences with parents or bosses or other family members who've made you feel like you weren't good enough 
and that there were all these stringent standards that you could never actually live up to. Mm -hmm. That takes up a lot of mental space in your head and creates a lot of anxiety because we tend to internalize those voices and we hear them when we're trying to do things or mm -hmm. learn things and they absolutely interfere. So pay attention mm -hmm. to the voices that, that you're internalizing and think about whether they really belong there, right? Whose opinion matters? It should be yours first and foremost. Well, and, and I, I think that one of the things I, I don't think we've overtly called out is there's a difference between high standards and perfectionism. Yeah, absolutely. And you can certainly strive for high standards. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk about a, 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 the go back to that same relationship. One of the, one of the conversations uh, she and I had very frequently was the idea that if she was ever satisfied with where she was at, she feared getting complacent. Mm. And so, and it, it just made my heart hurt to, to know she was living in that kind of, uh, that kind of anxiety and pain all the time that she wanted to achieve all these things, but she could never be happy because then she feared she'd never achieve again. I mean, that is just such a nasty cycle. And so there's a difference between having high standards and having to be perfect. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there's also the reality that sometimes we find ourselves doing work, which um, we struggle with. We know we're not doing the best job and we might blame ourselves. And I think it's really important to kind of take a step back and look at whether that context actually suits you in terms of the work that you're doing, because you can shine, maybe not there. And so to judge oneself for not being successful, mm -hmm. let's take the environment and the actual work into account. Is this what you're good at? You know, because I know for me, when I was working in professional restaurants, I, you know, or restaurants, I was a professional pastry chef, there were things I loved about it. And there were things that just were never going to work for me. And, you know, when I did pastry and catering, it was a lot more fun but it was always a stepping stone to what I really wanted to do. And I think it's really important to keep that in mind. Why are you doing a thing? How much does it matter to you? Um, and I think that the internal dialogue we create around that um, is also really important. We, and we kind of haven't got to that yet, which I think I wonder mm -hmm. if we want to. Uh, well, first, uh, mm -hmm. let's take a quick break to remind our viewers and listeners of our disclaimer, and mm -hmm. then we can talk a little bit more about that. So we'll be right back. Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment. <laughs> All right, we're back uh, on, the, on our perfect stream here. 
so, uh, Mitra, what were you saying? Well, I uh, don't know how well you can hear in there, but, you know, I was... Uh, <laughs> I, I just want to shout now. Sarge lines at you now. <laughs> yeah, totally. Trip, what are you doing over there? <laughs> yeah, shiatsu. <laughs> Oh, it looks like it warmed you right up on the Oh, it did. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it was a little toasty in them Mjolnir armor. Indeed, indeed. Okay, so what we were talking about is what, what do we tell ourselves? What's the internal narrative that yep. keeps us stuck in the perfectionist loop? And one of the things we, I think, talked about yesterday was this, uh, which is when we meet and discuss what we're going to discuss. So uh, we talked about the if-then scenarios. Mm -hmm. um, and do you want to elaborate on those? Well, yeah. So uh, a lot of us, and th this is something that, uh, so for those of you who don't know, I was primarily trained on something called cognitive behavioral therapy. And a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy has to do with the meanings that we assign things. Like there's no situation that makes us feel a certain way. We have associations that are both cultural and personal and we assign and learned and we, we, we assign meaning to things. And that's what gives us our emotional and behavioral responses. And for a lot of us, we have these inner, we have these conditional statements about things that if then, um, and one of my first, one of my favorites to, <laughs> one of my favorites to cite in this situation, if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I look first. Of all, I, I want to cite. I want to quote Talladega Nights. Any possible opportunity yes. I can. Yes. Um, but it, if you if you ain't first, you're last. And so this is a conditional statement that if you're not achieving perfection, then you've somehow lost at everything. Second place is pretty awesome. Not gonna lie. Um, especially at a high a high level. Yeah. Um, I'll accept myself if. I achieve one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, twenty different standards. Yep. Um, and the one that I know gets in the way for a lot of folks, if they're my friends and family, they have to say nice things about me. They can't possibly mean it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. So then you just want to talk, Trevor? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Dismissing the praise you receive or the feedback because mm -hmm. you think that people are biased. Yeah. And then even managing at times to dismiss the feedback of, of teachers um, in your life, uh, instructors at various levels, even bosses, because, you know, I, I know they like me. I know I can be kind of charming. Maybe I can get away with things that other people can't, you know, whatever. It's still dismissal. Yeah. It's still, it's still a... Um, diminishing in your own mind of your achievements and your capacity to achieve. Yeah. So the if then can come up in a lot of different ways. Um, if I do X, then I'll know that I'm okay. Yep. Right. And it can be anywhere from um, if I do, if I get into a particular school or program or whatever, then I know I'm okay. In other mm -hmm. words, if I'm not up to those standards, I'm just not good enough, Yeah. right? Um, if I set myself a goal to uh, do whatever, lose weight, declutter, whatever things, you know, uh, if my house doesn't look a certain way, then I'm not 
achieving enough. And it's silly because Are you reading often, my tweets this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I did not. You know, I'm only I have, occasionally. Okay. <laughs> I, okay. If I, I'm I, not on Twitter enough. <laughs> ah, no. <laughs> this is actually relevant. This is really relevant, um, especially coming from, you know, somebody who's autistic with ADHD symptoms. And um, I, I was cleaning my house, which I don't always prioritize to the same degree as everybody else. And I'm not dirty, but I'm definitely cluttered. And I was trying to, I, I tweeted out the idea that for this D&D game I was running in person for the first time in two years, it was somebody's birthday. And I was lowering my cleanliness standards to cluttered instead of there appears to have been a struggle. <laughs> I saw that tweet. That was so perfect. <laughs> I was that trying to achieve good enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so folks there's a reason there's a curtain back there because there is <laughs> oh there's a reason this uh this camera angle is in a corner <laughs> high camera angle does yeah. not see the desk yeah exactly oh god yeah Just, we'll, we'll go with the desk is the problem uh-huh absolutely yeah absolutely nope not yeah yeah mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm, i'll support that so we're we're, uh, we're we're getting towards the point where uh, we're going to check in with chat. But before we do that, I did uh, we we had in here uh, how do people cope? Mm-hmm. So where do you want to start with that and perfectionism? So well, <laughs> practice. Well, it, and there's there's some truth to that. The idea that a lot of us learn, a lot of us learn thought processes and behaviors that help us to a point. Yeah. And all of our coping strategies, we do them for a reason. They help us in certain situations until they're not helpful anymore. And so we have to practice new patterns of behavior and new patterns of thinking in certain situations. And I will tell you one that I have started saying myself a lot lately is I don't need to make every basket. I just have to win the game. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I think, you know, towards the end of my master's, I remember thinking, okay, get her done, you know, Um, because the thesis goes back and forth between your thesis supervisor anyway, will come up with make these changes, do these things. Mm -hmm. And you can usually get another set of eyes on it. So I got to the point where, uh, you know, my, my vision of this thing had become kind of like this, and I couldn't really see it anymore. And I think this will happen, particularly with larger projects that you're doing. You start to see every single flaw. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is broaden out the scope and the view, allow other people in to take a look, and then trust what they see. Or put something aside if you can for a month or so, if it's possible, it wasn't with the thesis, if it's possible, and then just look at it again. Mm -hmm. I will say now, years later, I look at it and I go, you know, some of that is pretty good. Yeah. And that's okay. It served its purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also important. What is the purpose of this particular thing that you're attaching these feelings to? Mm-hmm. What level will serve its purpose? Bringing it down from there was a struggle to clutter serves a purpose. <laughs> you, you can, no, really, you can see no, what no, you're yeah. doing is sufficient and it's not going to bug you as much. And that's okay when you have a lot, lot of other things you're trying to get done, right? Yeah. This is where it's really important to look at what's the ultimate goal? How does this thing serve that purpose so that we don't get in the weeds with our thinking processes? 
otherwise known as the brain weasels. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid brain weasels. Stupid. Yeah. Well, you they come in there and, you know, messing things up. Thinking about purpose is one that I've certainly talked to a lot of people about and also the degree to which it actually helps us, but also capacity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's been a meme going around that I absolutely love. And I have been saying a lot to myself and that is the enterprise did not travel at warp nine all the time. No <laughs> one can operate at a hundred percent efficiency all the time, because then that's yeah. not a hundred percent efficiency. That's standard. And you got nowhere else to go. So what you're saying is we all need a, a Scotsman's voice in the back of our head telling us that she, she can't get any more. She... <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. No, my, no, the, the voice of my inner engine critic is Jordy LaForge. There and we it's go. Much, it's so soothing because it's, so it's LeVar it Burton's voice. Yeah. Perfect. Every time the, the, that, the comm comes on, it opens up with butterfly word. in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the, the, one of the things that I wanted to, to talk about was, was actually uh me getting into podcasting i know i know this may come as a shocker as someone with adhd i had a problem with not being perfect at everything i did immediately when i tried to do it i'm shocked cotton i'm stunned <laughs> and like it kept me from doing a lot of things like i also write like i uh, i've written books and stuff you haven't read any of them don't ask um and uh and like it took me a while to even get through doing a book because I would get to chapter seven and go, oh, but I need to fix this thing in chapter four. And I'd go back and rewrite chapter four, but I'm like, oh, now there's this new element. I need to go back and write chapter three. And then I go back and write chapter three again. And then I never made it past chapter 10 because I just kept going back and rewriting everything. And, yeah. and so what, what I did, I, I got an advice from a writing podcast, uh, writing excuses of having another document open next to it. And then every time I had one of those thoughts, I wrote that thought down and mm -hmm. I didn't go change it. And then I just kept writing like I did. And then nice. I finished a book. <laughs> I will be jiggered. Wow, look at that. Yeah. yeah. Good um, enough. Yeah. Uh, podcasting though was another thing where like, I wanted to get into podcasting for over 10 years. I started listening to them when I was a parking lot attendant and I was like, I love this and I love talking. I want to do podcasts. Um, and everything just had to to like be right about it. Like I mm. wanted to sound like an IGN podcast the moment it went live. It needed music, it needed a good cast, it needed a recording space, it needed artwork, it needed all this stuff. And I just, and I was like, oh, but I can't afford good mics. I can't afford uh, the, the hosting services. I can't afford all of this stuff. And so I was like, no, I, I can't do it until I can get everything right on it. Not until I'm sitting around with, you know, a bunch of great mics and everything. And I know the show's going to go right. Great. Can I do it? And literally it took one day of listening to a, a friend's podcast and they had uh, uh, Steven Deuceman on. Uh, I'm name dropping him because uh, I refer to him as my podcast dad <laughs> because he was on there and he just like gave this like rallying speech about like, hey, if you want to start a podcast, go do it. There's this app called Anchor. You can literally start podcasting right now. Like, don't stop trying to make a perfect podcast and just make a podcast. And I went, 
Oh, okay. Fantastic. I, I, I want to do that. And so yeah. on my way uh, the, later that day, I had an AirPod in my ear and I recorded a 15 minute show on my phone and posted it and made terrible artwork and a terrible intro song that was stock uh, music that they had on the app. And I just started doing it. And because I just started doing it and just kept doing it, I'm now at the point that I am where I'm doing a show with uh, with y'all. I'm doing uh, a bunch of other shows and everything. And like everyone refers me as the dude with too many podcasts because I do have too many podcasts. You have too many podcasts. Too many podcasts. Far too many. I podcasts. really should have a podcast that's just called Too Many Podcasts. Uh, <laughs> Irony. I don't know about another podcast. I <laughs> But I, well, I love this story because of all of the different components yeah. here. Mm -hmm. um, you you had um, all of the ideas and thoughts that were really standing in your way, right? Mm -hmm. Ideas about what a good podcast was, first of all, and then ideas about what you needed in order to make that happen. Mm -hmm. And then you actually listened when someone said, and I think this is actually a key one, right? Because I think we can tell ourselves, no, that's great for other people, but not for us, you know, but you listened. And here was this guy saying, um, no, you don't need all that. Actually, there's an app and you yep. can do this and you can try that. And you went ahead and you allowed yourself to post art and find music and stuff that wasn't perfect, mm -hmm. but that would do the job and get the podcast out there. Yeah. And, yeah. and I've left those episodes up and I leave them up because whenever someone comes at me saying that they want to start a podcast and all these things that are stopping them from doing it, I go, listen to this episode right here. It sounds terrible. <laughs> it is recorded in a car. <laughs> you can hear every vehicle that passes me. <laughs> and I don't know what I'm doing, but you know what? It's there and people listen to it. And now I'm doing this. So. Exactly. I think that's the that's exactly it. There is a process by which we learn and we have to allow ourselves to enter into that learning process. Mm -hmm. Nothing we do the first time is perfect. Unlike Athena, who apparently spung, sprung fully formed from Zeus's head. You see <laughs> oh. where these ideas start back oh. in ancient Greece? We, you know? we, we, we can get into a whole thing about the how weird greek mythos is <laughs> yeah. so the point is that this idea of perfectionism has been around as long as humans have been around and we've struggled with it and y y you have to get out of your own head and mm -hmm. you need support to do so yeah well you know? I, one of the things that i for the sake of time and um I want to make sure to mention this is that for a lot of folks perfectionism is linked to a, sen a sense of safety yeah and, um, you know, if I can do this, then I will be safe on some level in the broadest definition of the word safety. And if this is something you're struggling with, reach out to a mental health professional, because there's so many different reasons that people can struggle with rigid perfectionism. But for me, reminding myself of the times that I really messed up on something mm -hmm. and I got through it. If I can get through that, I can get through a lot of things. Like there's a, there's a, uh, a very prestigious game development conference called G the game developers conference GDC. <laughs> and um, getting to talk at GDC is a big deal. If you're a game dev. Yeah. And I was dropped in there for, through some twists of fate. I was dropped in there three months into my, career in the game industry. I had no business speaking at GDC three months in. And the reviews on my first talk 
reflected that. It was mm. awful. It was so bad. I'm amazed they let me back in at GDC again <laughs> um, after how bad. And the, the reviews were, who is this guy? How is he? Does he even know about the game industry? And in fairness, at the time, I didn't. But mm -hmm. the reason I bring this up is that if I can get through that yeah. in a professional setting, yeah. there's a lot I can see. There's a mm -hmm. lot I can bounce back from. Mm -hmm. I want to bring up the idea very quickly about shame, because I think um, our failures get really connected to My inner that Catholic sense just of shame. I know, right? It's just right there. Um, and so, so when you fail at something and feel that shame and that mortification, um, yeah, that can really stop you in your tracks. And this is where I think intervention support, not just mental health, but even talking to a friend, checking it out um, and thinking about what it is you want. What do you want to do here? That can, it can be okay. Like when I first started cooking professionally, I didn't have a clue. I sort of ended up dropped into it. And for a long time, yeah. I didn't even realize where the gaps were in my knowledge. Like I didn't even know there were gaps, right? And I think about the sort of chutzpah, you know, of that person. And I think about the shame that I felt afterwards, but I made a start. So don't let shame cripple you get some support and help around it. It is also tied to a sense of safety. If mm -hmm. I feel shame, I won't screw up like this again and then I'll be safe, right? And anxiety. And that's why we wanna break it up into its components so that you can look at it and yeah. not let it stop you from living a full and interesting and definitely not perfect life. <laughs> um. uh, one more quick thing. Okay. Um, one of my one of my former uh, supervisors used to say th this terrible joke to everybody at in our grad program. Oh no! Because we're all high achieving, and because we got to grad school, we were in a doctoral program, and he used to as a way of introducing good enough to people. He would say this to all of us: "Hey, what do you call a what do you call the person who graduates last in their class in medical school?" What doctor? There you go. I love it. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, I want uh, I want to get at least uh, one question in here. Uh, this one is from Reaver01. Uh, is there any recommendation on how to help someone through positive reinforcement that is being negatively influenced by their perfectionism? Do they want help? That is I mean, a great question. Never. I I mean, my my response to everybody very quickly, and I'm sorry to just jump in with this, uh, Mitra. Um, don't help people that don't ask for it like that. It's um, therapeutic processes are con are consent driven for a reason. You're not your friend's therapist, and even if you're th even if you're a therapist, I, you're I not do, your friend's therapist. Yeah, I, I think this question came up when you're talking about your your ex and Aretha Franklin and whatnot. Not my. It wasn't yeah. my job to help her yeah. through that unless she That's wanted fair. it. Um, That's fair. And it's invasive. It it's it, it, it uh, the part of the reason I, I feel so emphatic about this is because for a lot of people, um, somebody coming in thinking they know better and they're going to help you whether you want it or not that can feel not only invasive but insulting mm -hmm. you can feel totally stressed out about refusing their help too so you know uh, even if it's your spouse by mm -hmm. the way you know you can't <laughs> therapize your partners don't therapize so your is, partners <laughs> no this is where the aretha franklin example is also pretty great because it's like I, it doesn't matter how in fact sometimes it's harder if you're close to a person you can certainly say hey um i'm wondering i see you struggling with the with this thing and i wonder you know if some outside help might help mm -hmm. you know but it shouldn't 
you know, you're too close to things. Often yeah. if you're a close friend or a partner or something, you're too, you're also too close to it. So now if they ask for help, it's a very different matter. Yeah. And then it's a, then it becomes a question of what's your role as a friend yeah. versus are you stepping into the role of therapy? Are you giving that, are they asking just for some extra encouragement? Cool. Great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's certainly easy to do and perfectly appropriate as a friend. Okay. Uh, let's see. This is from, uh, Sim Carlitz. I'm going to go with that. Uh, so how can we establish a line between being hard, uh, being, uh, being too hard with yourself and being lazy? Hmm. Like essentially like the feeling that of like, Oh, I, um, I have to like what you're talking about with your, with, uh, cleaning and whatnot. It's like, I have to get this to look perfect right here, but I'm, uh, I'm not doing enough. So like where, how do you establish a hard line between this is good enough and this is lazy? Okay, so first of all, um, I want to talk about the binary of those two things, right? Lazy on one end and hard enough, you know, doing it on the other. And in the middle, the process from one to the other. First of all, why are we judging ourselves as lazy? Um, I want to I wanna look at what is getting in the way. Like, I think often we judge that we're lazy, we're not good enough, we're a slob, we're this, we're that, right? Uh, we should be, should, don't should on yourselves. But anyway, we should be doing this, that, or the other. Um, <laughs> lazy is kind of a weird catch-all because often what's underneath lazy can be a sense of overwhelm, can be uh, fear around starting. It can be the life context you're not taking into account. You know, I've had people say to me, oh, you know, my career is really stalling right now. And I'm like, yeah, your father died three months ago. I mean, I don't yeah. put it in those terms. What I'm saying here is let's bring context into it. What else are you struggling with? Yeah. Oh, my career is stalling. Yeah, you just have three little kids under the age of four. Yep. Hello? You know, so is it laziness or is it really I'm just busy with a lot of other things? Is it that you feel guilty for not prioritizing something? But is it realistic to prioritize it? Are there small steps you can take instead of assuming if I don't get on with it all the way that I'm lazy? Oh God, are we gonna are we gonna do an episode on guilt? Oh, oh my God. goodness, I feel oh. like we're not done with brush this up on my Latin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, I, I hate to, to cut this off because we are genuinely having really good conversation about this. And I'm sorry for uh, everyone whose question I didn't get to, but we do need to start wrapping things up because we do have a show coming up after this. Uh, a real bunny beast did ask for a link to that first episode I was talking about, and I did drop it in the chat. So uh, if you're listening to this later, you, you can find it. Um, but uh, yeah, that is going to do it for this week's episode. Friends, where can people find you on the interwebs? Um, at MitraJordan.com. I do respond to Twitter, but definitely not as lightning fast as my friends here. <laughs> so, um, but those are two places you can find me. And uh, I, you can find me on most socials at the Dr. B T H E E T D O C T O R B as in boy. Um, I'm I'm around on a bunch of stuffs. And uh, but really, before you follow me, you should absolutely follow Take This Org yes. on all the socials and get access to all those free resources on our website and keep up to date on what we're doing. And you know, donate if you can because you know we we want to make free resources for gamers. Yeah. 
you can find me on Twitter at the Trevor. There's an A hiding in there and all the way too many podcasts that I mentioned earlier that I do. Uh, you can also find me anywhere the Isle Champions community is because I'm the community manager. So I'm there. Uh, want to thank uh, Martin for uh, moderating the chat and doing a fantastic job. And thank you to Codename Entertainment and Take This for giving us an opportunity to have these discussions. Uh, if you missed any part of the show, you can catch it later as a podcast or your favorite podcast service. Eventually, we'll see when I can get out there. I still need to do, I think, last week's uh, Champions of Lore. I got some editing in my future to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you have any suggestions for future topics you want us to talk about, you can send those into Champions of Psychology at CodenameEntertainment.com or tweet them at us. Uh, let's see. Uh, to, uh, immediately after this, uh, we've got Bardic Inspiration, uh, and then uh, I think we have Bushwhacker Weekly later in the day. So yeah, it, uh, I think that's all. But rest of the week, is, no, Bushwhacker Weekly is off. So yeah, we just got Bardic Inspiration after this, and then we've got uh, Railer streaming schedule on the following days. But there's some cool stuff uh, that just dropped in uh, the game that you should go check out right now in Idol Champion. So go check it out; it'll be fun. Uh, but that's gonna do it for this week's episode. So until next week, take care of yourself. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and appropriately, I just tied the cord into my hair. <laughs> <laughs>